Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hello, and welcome to episode three. Today, we have a wine. Our wine is Beaujolais, and um, our topic is millennials. And we're actually going to be talking about two wines, Beaujolais and Beaujolais Nouveau, which is a subtype really, Correct. of Beaujolais. So, so that's our topic in our wine. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and, Jamie, please pass me the wine. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> the, we're we're going to be popping a 2015 Beaujolais Village from Georges de Boeuf uh, in France. Uh, Beaujolais is from France. Uh, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but I'm going to let Sarah uh, hopefully get a really nice pop coming out of this one. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. So Jamie, why don't you tell our listeners what the what is the connection that we made between Beaujolais, Beaujolais Nouveau, and Millennials? So it's really interesting because the Millennials are a, obviously a generation, uh, one that we are technically a part of, uh, given the years that we were born, but... Tr- Oh my God, that's such a wonderful pop. I've been working on my skills. Holy shit. I'm sorry. That was like really amazing. Okay. Now that we have that excellent pop to start this off, we are going to pour some wine. So we're going to, I'm going to continue talking while Sarah pours us a glass of wine. But so the millennial generation is one that's technically from it depends your source, but like 1977-ish to 2000. Um, but there are such huge differences between people who are born within that time frame. And so what's happened is there's been sort of a, a sub-generation identified, which is termed the Xennials, uh, with an X, uh, kind of like Generation X uh, with that second half of Millennials attacked on the end. So almost you could say like... Beaujolais Nouveau being a subtype of Beaujolais. Exactly. Exactly. Because Beaujolais Nouveau is technically the first harvest Mm. of the Beaujolais, um, or rather the Gamay or Gamay Noir grape. Um, And so there are some characteristics that we found resonated or transferred well from the Beaujolais Nouveau and Beaujolais to the millennial versus zennial generations. And we're going to spend the next, uh, the duration of the episode just kind of talking about the differences and, uh, you know, how we can kind of relate the wine to the, to the generations, to our lifestyles. So, um, first sip for, oh, let's cheers. Cheers. I'm not going to lie. I took a sip before that. Mm. So I will say, um, Mm. you know, Having had Beaujolais Nouveau before, mm-hmm. I do prefer this. <clears throat> I would too, and I think, um, you know, without getting too too detailed at this point, but the Beaujolais Nouveau that we had together was actually by the same producer, George DeBuff. So it's, I'd say, a pretty f- good comparison. comparison. And so it is April in mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, April 2018. And something I learned is that... So Beaujolais Nouveau, which Nouveau means new in French, but it comes out on the third Thursday of November. Yes, every year. Every year. (laughs) But they say you should really only drink until May. So it was really hard for us to find a Beaujolais Nouveau a few weeks ago um, because they were really out of the stores. So uh, that being said, we, we, for this episode, didn't have access to one, honestly. So we really have to go off our memory. I mean, the thing about Beaujolais is that it can actually be aged for a while. So you figure that when these producers, these vineyards are, you know, figuring out and splitting up the the juice from the harvest or whatever, the grapes, uh, you know, it's a small allocation to that Beaujolais Nouveau because it has such like a short time frame to be enjoyed, Um, especially with the big festival that happens on November or the third Thursday of every November, uh, Beaujolais Nouveau Day. Unofficial Beaujolais Nouveau Day. I I think we definitely need to have a party next time. It's already in my calendar. Oh, <laughs> I already put it on my calendar. So we're gonna we're it's gonna. It's not Thanksgiving. It. Right? It's not Thanksgiving. It's actually the week before Thanksgiving. I already Perfect. Checked. Oh, you have it on here, November fifteenth. Yeah. Hey everyone, 
2018, November 15th, is your Beaujolais <laughs> Nouveau. Hopefully, we'll have another episode where we can revisit. Yes. So, look forward to our Beaujolais Nouveau drinking episode, our party episode yeah. on Thursday, <laughs> November 15th, 2018. You Mark your calendars, people. Okay, so let's take this quiz. Yeah, so we found a quiz that is called, Are You a Zenial? Okay, so what is a Zenial? So, uh, Amy? Yeah, so I mean, Zenial, as I mentioned, it's not, a, it's not an official group. Uh, uh, it's not an official generation, but it is, I think, more widely accepted now. Um, but originally, this was like coined by an Australian professor um, who really kind of noticed two differences. And I think that what we'll find from the quiz, but also, um, the main difference is that, uh, it's technology I, yeah. I, and everybody knows that technology is advancing at an absurd pace it's right king. now. It's totally king. And it really, um, I think like directs how life kind of plays out to some extent. So that Zenial generation is the generation that grew up before cell phones, before internet, um, before, before internet was widely available. Um, you know, we played outside. Uh, it was less digital uh, and more sort of live in person. So before we kind of go into that, can you can you tell me what years a millennial mm. is is actually classified as? Because I kind of found this quite surprising. Yeah. So the millennial, it's a well. Again, it depends what your source is, but could range starting in 1977 or 1981. And span until 2001. And so what typically has happened in the past is that their generations span like about a 20-year gap is sort of like the rule of thumb, I guess. Um, But when we start to think about how quickly this technology advances, I mean, considering 20 years? 1977? Okay. Holy crap. Like My husband was born in 1977. I mean... That's right. He was. He was. Yeah. So... But I do, he's, there's no way you would think he is a millennial. Dude. And like, I am. He has, I'm going to venture to say very little in common with somebody who was born 16 years ago. Right. And even me, I mean. Right. I I did the math 17 years ago. Excuse me. I'm not sure. (laughs) I was born in between the years we're oh. early to mid uh, 80s. I am in the 80s. Yes, early to mid 80s. I don't want to give away my age. But I mean there's a big difference between that and 2001. So this totally. is, so I think I told you this before. Like I got into the to this with some people at work mm-hmm. because we were arguing over, you know, if we were millennials or not cuz these uh people were a couple years younger than me. Um, and I'm like, they're like, dude, you're a millennial. And I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. And then I'm like, but there's this subtype called Xennial. So what year group is that? So Xennial is sort of the first half of that time frame. So it's going to be from the, I'm just going to say 1981 because I, isn't 1977 Gen X? Like, am I wrong? I thought 19, I thought Gen X went through like 1980. I, I have been reading that 1977 is this first, God. like, I, I know, of the first year of the millennium, which just seems, I mean, who defined that? I know. I, I yeah. But who, and who are these people that make these definitions? Who decides? It's a great question. <laughs> like, we probably like is what? there like, is there like a group of people who are like, oh, we're going to talk. Does it have something to do with like the Census Bureau or something? Like, I don't, I mean. Of the United States? I mean, this is a world thing, right? Isn't it global? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Hey, if any of you listeners know the answer to this, please, please. Email um, us. Email us. At dbpcheers at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Jinx. <laughs> again <laughs> um you know or comments on facebook even i don't care but if you have the answer to this question i need to know now <laughs> i need to know um yeah so i i think you know little sorry the guys this wine is like starting to get sarah and i did a little bit of pregame and i'm not gonna lie so um but <laughs> but with respect to this this time frame it's I just think that, sure, it maybe used to work back in the day, but I think that 
now with how quickly things are changing, you, it's just an entirely different landscape. And I don't think that you can really rely on being able to sort of pigeonhole a group spanning 20 years. No. And again, it has mo- it has a lot to do, and I think mostly uh, to do with the gener- uh, the technology. Technology, yeah. And that's what's going to kind of split up this uh, Zennial generation. I have heard some things about the next future generation, uh, and that I think it's it's... I've heard it dubbed I generation. Gen Z. I've heard Gen Z. Well, I also heard I generation, and essentially that that happens after nine eleven. Well, so quote it's the unquote, kids. they will let us know when they just yeah. Decide. Uh, no kidding, no kidding. So let's go to this let's quiz. Take a quiz. Um, okay, so theguardian.com has a quiz on if you're a true millennial, and I took the quiz. So did Jamie yep. and my. We both got the same answer, and I I am just I just. I want to put the disclaimer out there that I am purely reading what they said here. <laughs> this is neither my opinion. <laughs> I'd say that what I, they say is, mo- is somewhat debatable for some of the people. Okay, <laughs> so my answer to this quiz was Zennial. I am a true Zennial. Well done. You understand modern technology, but are not so emotionally needy as to need constant validation from strangers you will never meet. <clears throat> Social media. <clears throat> Well, The Guardian, I applaud you. Um, okay, I mean, I think that's really funny. So let's go through some of these uh, questions. Are going to tell you my favorite one? Yeah. One of my favorite questions was... Is it number six? N- uh, well, no, but that's also related. Okay. It's actually number four, which is, you made a mixtape oh. for someone you fancied. Well, you know they're from like... And it was on a tape. England, because they use the word fancied. Oh, I knew that because they said mom in a later oh. one for mom. Oh. Mom. Like, you're never like, instead of having a crush on someone, oh, I fancied him. You don't actually say that. No, but that does sound much more lovely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your mixtape. Tell me mix about tape. your mixtape. I used to make them all the freaking time, and I'm going to say that there was... okay. I used to make mixtapes just because I was obsessed with pushing the record button, like, went out. You know, when the radio was on and stuff. Oh, my God. It was like... Did you have that little tape recorder thing that you'd put it in and then press? No. We had... Oh. My sister and I had, like, this little, like, mini boomboxy thing that we could do it in. I don't even... I wish that I still had it that, so I could see, like... That's high tech. I didn't how have anything like that. that functioned. Yeah. But... Um, definitely made mixtapes. Definitely called into the radio station to make my requests for songs. Um, but one thing that I... I remember that... And I don't... I'm... Try not to, I didn't read into it then. I'm still not reading into it. But one of my brother, my brother is four years older than me. And one of his best friends growing up, uh, knew that I liked, uh, a lot of Elvis Presley, (laughs) but he also knew that I liked a lot of other songs. Did he make you a mixtape? He did. Oh my God. That's amazing. And one of the, I'm trying to remember what the song, I think it had something to do with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my God. My favorite. Like from the live action movie that came out back yeah. in the day. And that was like high tech. Uh, no shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that like does not, I mean, kids nowadays would be like, turn this garbage off. We were like, oh my God, movie. they're real. <laughs> We were like, oh my God, it's like they could be in the same room as yeah. us. Um, but on this mixtape, he even had like a little like introductory, like, hey, JB, like, hope you like this tape, blah, blah, blah. It was the cutest thing. And we used to hang out with, I mean, it was my brother's best friend, but we also used to hang out with like, it was my family. There were three of us kids and then his family had three kids. And so like all of us used to get together and hang out and then they moved away, uh, several states away. Uh, so we didn't see them as frequently, but, uh, I still remember that mixtape and I have it somewhere. Uh, I should probably go dig it out. We also have boom boxes still. So. Oh, wow. So yeah. So that's one of my favorite questions because I listened to and made a lot of mixtapes for my, my friends. My friends and I made mixtapes actually. Why was it so cool? I don't know. We actually put it in our time. <gasps> A time capsule? A time capsule that we dug up in the the house that I grew up in. Shut up. If someone lives on Woodview Lake Road in West Winfield, Michigan. Um, I'm not going to say the exact house, but there is a time <laughs> capsule that we dug up. And in it was 
a mixtape, which is hilarious because now did you make it or who? Yeah, yeah. No, my friends, my friend and I made it, which. So it wasn't really like someone we found. Oh, but you made but, it together of like yeah. your favorite songs. Our like favorite together. songs. Oh, okay. So like if That's someone cute. found that now, the hilarious thing was is if a millennial or a Gen <laughs> Z or whatever, whatever calling these people now, if found it, they would probably not know what that was. They'd be like, what is this? But scrolling. No, I'm no. I'm going to disagree with you. Do you think that a 10 year old would know what a tape is? Maybe not a 10 year old, but. An 18 or 19 year old might. Mm. And I say that because probably Sean and I have gone to like, um, well, (laughs) yeah. So Sean and I have gone to some concerts and like these local bands, including Sean himself, my husband, they are making cassette tapes. Are they? Yes. Where do they play them? I know some cars still have them, but only old cars. I yeah. I don't know. You know how it's like the the vinyl records, like the record players yeah. where the turntables are coming back in that's style. That's what. That's what when we're when we're like eighty, like that's what it's gonna be like. What like like the tapes are gonna be like the vinyl records? Like no, I think it's gonna be sooner. Yeah, that's true. Damn it. I think it's gonna be within the next like. I I give it ten years, and then cassette tapes are gonna be like back in style, which leads us to the question number six. That we both oh, really enjoyed. You had one of these, which they show a walk, uh, Sony Walkman. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure mine was Sony. But mine, oh, mine was, was. Yeah, mine was black. Mine was black. Mine was black, too. Ooh, maybe, maybe you have the same, same one. one. Okay. <laughs> but those are the actual headphones with, like, the fuzzy foam pieces. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also love um, number 16, which is... You can remember when you first heard about a website called Google, yep. and before that, you had to ask Jeeves, and before that, it was the World Book Encyclopedia. So, Jamie, I've told you this story before. Well, first of all, how the hell did Google get the... How did they win? I mean, they won. Like, everything is Google it, and like... It's like, it's literally, I mean, it's a verb. Google yes. And not Google, why, like, why isn't it like, like, it's like... Ask Jeeves it. I mean, that doesn't sound as great, but I just looked it up, and it... it it is still around, but it's ask. Maybe that's why. Maybe they wanted I'm, to be like. I'm trying to remember the other search engines we used to use because it was like. Do you remember uh, Netscape? What is it? Netscape. Oh, that yeah. was like the old like Internet Explorer yeah. or whatever. Um, I'm not sure, but the reason I love this question mm-hmm. is because. <laughs> so when we were, does every well, I don't know. Some of our listeners might have experienced this. When they were younger, but like you must have watched the episode of Friends where um Thanks. We need refills over here, people. Yeah. Where Joey was like he got the encyclopedia, was it V? It was V. V. He could only afford one. one. So that was kind of (laughs) us. So if you remember the encyclopedia salesman that would like come to your door and be like, Would you like to buy an encyclopedia, and you could never afford the whole thing because no. it was super expensive. So you would buy. So my mom was on a mission to like buy one by one, and she would actually they would sell them sometimes at the grocery store. Even what? It was so random. So she was so excited because she wanted to get this like full, you know, encyclopedia set for us to, because to grow up with and be educated. And my dad was like halfway laughing at her. Because my dad was, um, he cow. still is like, he's always kind of on the cutting edge of, you know, technology, I guess. What, yeah. what did you call a, a, an adapter? An early adopter. Early, ad- early adopter. <laughs> adapter, adopter. <laughs> adapter, <laughs> what we need here. Yeah. In, yeah. <laughs> early adopter. Um, and he was like laughing at her because he's like, one day, you don't need this. Like, this is a waste of money because one day you're just going to type in the question that you have about something into the computer and it's going to tell you. And she thought he was Crazy. insane. Mm-hmm. She was like, impossible. No, this is an investment impossible. in our children's future. But, okay, so I was just Which, like, like, you know, kudos to my mom. Like, good for her. Like, that, that well, was... Well, for sure. You know, and I still, I don't know if you are, I am a very tangible human being. For instance... Sean just like kind of scolded me for using a lot of paper to print off something for work. And I was like, dude, I need to have this in front of me so I can Mm -hmm. mark it up. I can highlight it. I can write notes. But could you imagine being like, I wonder what the species of giraffes are. And then going to your encyclopedia. Speculate it? Yeah. Versus (laughs) 
Do you actually know? Isn't that what? I think that's what. I think that's actually what. I don't even know there were species of giraffes. There are. Okay. And they, yes, there are different patterns. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's always an adventure with you, Jamie. <laughs> Learn something new every day. I know. So, like, but could you imagine? And so, you wouldn't go to your encyclopedia. You would Google it. You now? Would. Yes. Yes, this is true. Now. I'd probably try to ask Siri, and she would misunderstand me, and then I'd say, fuck you, Siri, and then I would turn it off. <laughs> oh, Siri? I hate Siri. Almost called one of my exes today. <laughs> my one friend I don't even know why I still have this number I was trying to call my one friend and then I'm like oh my god off and 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 never called don't go through don't register on the phone and I'm like delete why do I still have this yeah oh that's a good I wonder if I I'm sure it actually kind of went through and he was like what is going on it's like this had to be fake yeah obviously anyway so yeah Siri no I wouldn't ask um going back to your encyclopedia though I just I had to look it up Mm-hmm. But I didn't Google it. Yeah, I technically did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so Britannica Encyclopedia, first published in 1768. Mm. Are they still ago. publishing? The latest edition is was 2015. Oh, God, sorry, 2010. Oh, see, that makes me kind of sad. And I'm on their website right now. There's not even like a shop. There's like quizzes, demystified. Like you can do, it's an on... There's an iPhone app. There's an iPad app. There's a Britannica Kids apps. There's... You guys, we <gasps> Britannica just... Britannica Store. Just kidding. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So we've seen the <gasps> extinction... Ex- extinction? Wait. Is it there? What the fuck? What the... F- Britannica's 250th anniversary. Our fi- oh, it's a yearbook. That's oh, see? <gasps> Their final yearbook. Yep. So, so we've seen the extinction this of the year. encyclopedia. 1768 yep. plus 250 is 2018. Yeah. 18. Yeah. That's it. Aww. It's over. Everybody, it's over. R.I.P. R.I.P. The encyclopedia. It's over. It's oh my over. God. That's really sad. I know. Okay. So anyway, that's, so that's our quiz. I mean, feel free to go to theguardian.com uh, and take this quiz and see whether you are... A millennial or a zennial, if you're in that age group, obviously. If not, then you could just take it for fun and laugh at the at the result. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, essentially, like, that particular quiz, the are you a zennial, just solidified everything that I felt was, like, drastically different about myself and the rest of the millennial generation. Not that they're, they're bad. And we'll kind of no. get into um, some of those differences. But first, I really do... Want to get? Let's do our tasting. Let's do our tasting. So this is we are drinking um, a Beaujolais, Beaujolais Village, a Georges de Boeuf, 2015. I just like that you say Georges. Georges. It is very French. Uh, it's 91 Let's points. Um, it's what? 91 oh. points from Wine Spectator. Who? No, I don't even know what this is. What is it? Uh, I'm sorry, people. I have to read JamesSuckling.com. Uh, I've never heard of that. I haven't either, but uh, they rate it 91 points, so we're going to have to do some research after this. Uh, so anyway, um, so tell me a little bit about Beaujolais. Yes. So Beaujolais. And I just want everyone to know yeah. I'm pronouncing it. I. So we're doing very, very good. Correctly. Because I always want to say Beaujolais, but, but it's, it's Beaujolais. Which, so Sarah and I took French I took a, a lot, lot of French. <laughs> Growing up. Conjugate your verbs. And we definitely should have known the appropriate <laughs> pronunciation. However, we both were saying Beaujolais. Like it's bougie or boozy. Maybe that's why I want to yeah. say it. But in doing some prep work for mm-hmm. this episode, mm-hmm. we were very quickly corrected that it's actually Beaujolais. So, yeah. um, all right. So I digress. But... Beaujolais is made from the Gamay Noir grape, which is from France. It's only grown in France. Uh, it is called Beaujolais because it's grown only in the Beaujolais region of France. France. French. Um, <laughs> but what I found was super interesting, doing a little bit of research, is that the Gamay Noir grape was originally planted in Burgundy, France, but it something happened, and I'm so sorry, I don't know what. They kicked it out. Um, they... They effectively kicked it out. They banished it from from Burgundy. Get and out! Said, you have to. You have to just be 
uh, just go be your own. Go be your own. Be your own grape. Be your own thing. Boge. Um, so, uh, the other thing that I thought was super interesting about, uh, Beaujolais is that it has been described by, in one of our favorite books called the wine Bible by Carrie McNeil. Um, she actually says that Beaujolais is the only white wine that is a red. And the reason why she says that is because of the taste, the flavor profile of it. So it is pretty acidic in nature. Uh, meaning that there's more of a tartness to it. Uh, I think it's pretty low to medium, low to medium on tannins generally, which is like, imagine you had like cotton balls in your mouth. And I think we got into this in in episode one as well. Um, but that's going to be your actual tannin level. Um, and it's just very fruity. Um, our ABV, our alcohol by volume is 13.5%. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So probably like a medium. Uh, so, um, you know what I find interesting? What? How it's made. Okay, I feel really smart when I say this. <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool. Uh, carbonic maceration. Mm-hmm. So that's unlike any other wine that we know that we drink. Tell us. Tell uh, us about it. Oh, gosh. Okay, so instead of crushing the grapes and then fermenting... The, the wine, they actually ferment the wine as a whole, as clusters. So they pick them up as clusters, mm-hmm. and then they ferment the wine, which and they put it in a vessel where they pump basically carbon dioxide into it, from what I understand, uh-huh. um, instead of just letting it ferment. So that's really unlike any other wine. There's also semi-carbonic maceration. I'm assuming that's like a half-and-half half type of uh, situation. Yeah. Um, but so... But Beaujolais Nouveau is definitely, you know, always carbonic maceration and depending on the crew. So there's 10 different crews. um, Well, remember, Beaujolais Nouveau cannot be made from the 10 crew. It has to be made from uh, Beaujolais Village or what was the other one? Or just uh, Beaujolais. Or just Beaujolais. So not one of the crews. And so the crews are like the different areas in that region. Um, And so if you see something, so don't be intimidated if you go... Uh, into the French section, the French section of your um, local wine store, and you see, you know, I I feel like the French section is very intimidating to someone who doesn't know anything about wine. Yeah, because everything on the label is in fucking French. Yeah. But, like, if you Not, see... Well, yeah. So there's 10 different crews, and, like, one of the common ones, for example, is Morgan. So if you see that, let's say that's actually a Beaujolais. Um, and keep in mind too, that Beaujolais and the spectrum of French wine is actually a pretty affordable wine. It's one of the most affordable and delicious. I mean, like for instance, so like the Beaujolais Nouveau, the George DeBuff, the 2017. $11. Wait, the Beaujolais Village was? Yes. So, okay. Comparison wise for listeners, the Beaujolais Nouveau, a 2017, I bought initially in December last year. I think I paid $11 for it. I bought it again a few weeks ago. It was then $9. But to compare that with the full-fledged Beaujolais 2015, so consider that it's been aged for about two, two and a half years, mm-hmm. um, that wine costs $11. I, I, and I'm going to say, I actually think this is a... This is pretty good. This is a pretty decent wine. It's yeah. easy drinking. It's it is. very fresh. It's very fruity. Like, yeah. As some like to term it, and one of our local uh, podcasts as well uh, calls it a patio pounder. Like I could see this like sit outside and just. This is what I told. So I, food wise, I think that Beaujolais goes really well with like a barbecue. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it could go well with a lot of things, but I feel like with a barbecue, your food is so smoky and kind of heavy and whatever. You need something fruity to balance it. Yeah, you need like in like the acidic. Um, taste kind of cuts that, I would think. Yeah, I think the acidity also would cut like something that's like fattier because, you know, like with like white wines, and maybe this is why Carrie McNeil made that comment about this being like the only white yeah. wine that's red is that that acidity, especially with like sparkling wines, tends to help remove anything that's like remaining on your palate, right? So it's like a palate cleanser. Like if, if I was going to have like a burger, like a fast food burger, yeah. which I. Did you say fast food burger? Yeah. Can you just talk about a regular burger? Right. I don't like fast food burgers. I don't like fast food burgers either. I don't even eat burgers, really, for the most part. Oh, I love hamburgers. 
Now, okay, but is in it grown and out, out by do. In and out burgers in in California. Oh sure, those are amazing. Monkey so style. Yeah, sure. If I had an In and Out burger, I would need some Beaujolais. <laughs> I think that that would go really well together. Mm, and the cheese. Well, it depends what kind you get, what style you get. But yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's the kind of food you're going for with this. Nothing classy. Slightly greasier. Yeah. Well, like, it's not a. It's not. It's not you know, and a very classy type of food pairing wine. No, I mean, I was in, just to go one step further, remember in Psalm into the, Psalm into the bottle? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Uh, one of the master sommeliers said that, it, like saying like, oh, what would you pair a hot dog with? Because, I mean, let's be honest, like we're Americans, like you go to like the baseball game. I love a good hot dog, Portillo's all the way. If you don't know what Portillo's and is, And I'm not really into beer, so I take a Beaujolais over right? beer any day. And this guy, I just rhymed. down... What? I just rhymed. What did I you say? I take a Beaujolais over a beer any day. Oh, I love yeah. it. That's, that's Slogan. Slogan. No, pass the wine, bitches. <laughs> oh, no, not for us. I was going to try oh. I was gonna try and sell it to Beaujolais. Oh, sure. Beaujolais, just call up Sarah. She's got you. Hey, any any wine people in Beaujolais, call me. <laughs> She's got you covered. Got you. Um, but yeah, so obviously like a little heartier, like a little meatier, uh, I think great pairing yeah. with Beaujolais. And Beaujolais Nouveau, especially. Also, like, could it be a theme park wine? Should we get? Oh my back? god! Yes, let's let's please do this. So, you guys, <laughs> during <laughs> during research, Sarah stumbled upon the fact that there is a there is a wine theme park in France at Georges de Buff that Georges de Buff's wife created. Is I, it like her spearhead? Right? I, is that right? I don't know. My mind was blown. Okay, I, I, I it's I, called. Hameau de Boeuf, which means the hamlet of the beef. I mean, not really, but like that's like the last name. But it's like, it's called the little hamlet is okay. what it's referred to. I feel like we need to take a DVP field trip. I'm down. Let's do it. I'm down. I mean, can we write this off as a work expense? <laughs> Perhaps. Or we just need some sponsors, so let's get there. Hey, does anyone want to sponsor DVP to go to? <laughs> to go to, to go, Hamo de Boeuf. Yes. Uh, I think that's amazing. Like, what kind of rides or games? Or I know it said it takes you, like, through the history, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. But, I mean, what do you think is in a theme park? Sure. So, I did a little bit of digging. Ooh. And I found that they, they do. They have a 3D. They have a 4D experience. I don't even know what a 4D <laughs> experience <laughs> is. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. So it's like, <laughs> don't worry, I will talk. Don't you worry. So, what it is, it's like, okay, you know, in Disney, there's like, if you go to like Islands of Adventure, so that's not Disney, but whatever. If you go to Islands of Adventure, they have these like rides where you like sit in a big cart and it moves you around and you like turn and you I like wish go everyone down could and see you right now. And the actual, <laughs> I'm like enacting like what's moving. <laughs> And there's like wind that comes and okay. it makes you feel like... Does it make you feel like the the carbonic maceration? Yeah, like I'm like being like totally like bombarded by uh, carbon dioxide. Yeah. Sure. No. <laughs> but so it essentially, the way that they described it, I'm trying to remember, it said something like it allows you to sort of fly over the estate to learn about it. So it's like they're telling you about it. I don't know if that also means that they have like smells piped in or whatever, um, but it, it really just tries to take you through, especially if you can't like go through all the vineyards and things, but there are like four or three or four different elements. So there's a museum okay, with exhibits and attractions. And from what I could see on the exhibits, it looked like there were like <laughs> animatronic, animatronic puppets, like, you know, in like those creepy, <laughs> there's like creepy, like Disney things. <laughs> they just like, it's a small world. Oh, animatronic puppets. Got right? it. Are they and wine glasses? They no. They like it's like people going through the motions of the winemaking process. Oh, okay. so it's almost like going to like a historical museum, That's but Disney. seeing things enacted through animatronic puppets. Do they give you wine to drink while Shoot. you're? I'm not sure about that, but maybe not there because that seems to be more kid friendly. But they have a winemaking center. Don't the kids drink wine? Yeah, actually, don't they drink Beaujolais? I mean, I'm wait, sure. I actually think that that is true. I don't know, but um, but they uh, 
Yeah, so there's a wine train station, which actually originate. It is the original train station that was used to like, uh, I think bring in the grapes. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like a an, an originally used thing that they then like shut down and like created this like museum inside, if you will. Okay. Um, which is I think this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a garden uh, that you can walk through. So okay. I'm assuming there's some vine bushes and things like that. Very but. cool. Well, I think. Um, I think that we should try and to create our own wine th- wine theme park here in the United States of America. We could find a spot for that. I think we should. Yeah. We've got more space. We, totally. Yeah. Totally. So that's interesting. So sure. let's quickly, should we go into our, our quick wine tasting? Sure. Before we yes. delve deeper into our millennial zennial yeah. uh, comparison. Yep. And let, so before I go into this wine tasting... Pick up the glass, put down Ooh. the glass. I want to talk a little bit about my memory of Beaujolais Nouveau. Yeah. Okay. So I do remember it being about the same color. Yep. It, which it, is like a magenta. Magenta. Almost. <gasps> yeah. Ooh, pretty. I have a Crayola box over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bringing Sorry. out the Crayola. Um, but I feel like the taste was... Uh, oh. So the Beaujolais Nouveau is more like kind of a smack in the face. Yeah. Like, super tart. You, it's very tart. You drink it and like, it's like, I need something to cut this immediately. <clears throat> like we were eating cheese, I remember. And I'm like, I need a, like a block of this cheese. Uh, seriously. It's like, give sip me some cheese, brie. Sip cheese. Yeah. And again, I and think it again, goes well with those like uh, creamier cheeses because that cheese is going to, it's like they both try to balance themselves out. The look on your face was just amazing. You're like, Ugh. I'm like, <laughs> they're in France. I mean, you're eating a block of cheese and a whole thing of, I'm sure that's what they're We're in Wisconsin. Is. That's our lifestyle. That's true. Too. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Very true. But like, can you imagine the Beaujolais Nouveau party? It's like probably a bunch of cheese and baguettes and a bunch of Beaujolais Nouveau. That's how my party is going to be at least. We're going to make this Sausages? I hope... Are you talking about men or... No. Okay. Um, I mean, I would say more like brats. (laughs) Brats on the grill. Smoked meats. I don't... But sausages... Sure, we can have some guys there too. No, I mean, I'm I'm good. (laughs) I mean, Sean and Adam can come. Sure. Sure, sure. You know. Anyways. So, um... But you're right. It was a smack in the face. It was very tart... I think almost the tartness overwhelmed the... Yeah, and Karen McNeil of the Wine Bible calls it like melted purple popsicles. And I really do feel like that was super appropriate. Or like bubblegum. Wait, wait, wait. What was the other one that you texted me the other day? I don't remember, but you can remind me. Anyways, I mean, I think it just has that kind of like theme park taste. Like it's just like, I'm here, like... You know, aggressive, acidic, not bad, different, different and unique, Um, but not necessarily bad. So I think, you know, drinking this wine here. Oh, this is so different. This is much more Mm -hmm. subdued. um, I think because it is, uh, it's a lot smoother. Totally. And you do get that same acid at the end, but it's not. I feel like with the Nouveau, mm-hmm. the acid, the tartness came a lot uh, quicker. Yeah. Uh, the other... Oh, so maybe this was about Beaujolais, but it's strawberry fruit roll-up. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I would actually say... So, like, in considering, like... Popsicles are... They tend to be, like, sweet and sour, like, a little bit. Yeah. Right? Um, I could see the strawberry fruit roll-up definitely going in. Because you got some bigger red fruits, for mm-hmm. sure, in this. Yeah. Um... And this is, this is, uh, I think it has grippier tannins too. Yeah. This is like a lot of other Beaujolais I've had. I mean, there is that one French one, La Rance, that I have in my wine fridge. That's mm. a Beaujolais that is different. It's a little earthier actually. How old is um, it? You know, I don't know how old that one is, but the one I've had before, I think it was like a f- 12 or 13. Okay. And it was a lot earthier. Yeah. But also like. Depends on the thirteen dollars, right? A thirteen dollar a bottle of wine. Oh, really? And it's a re- pretty well done wine, you know. Yeah, so. Beaujolais is not going to break the bank for sure. No, and if you're so if you're at a restaurant and you know you don't really know what to get and you see a Beaujolais on the on the wine menu, I don't think you can go wrong because you're not going to be paying a lot for it. But it pretty much could go with a lot of different foods. Well, it's also when you consider 
like maybe you're drinking wine with a lot with different people and yeah. you're not quite sure what's gonna uh, like work with all of them Beaujolais yeah. it, especially when you start to get to like the slightly older Beaujolais like I mean not like aged like 10 15 years I mean like aged like maybe three, three four five you you're gonna get uh still a lot of fruit which I think sits well with a lot of people. Um, you're going to get some more of those tannins, but again, the aging is going to sort of like soften that a little bit and not that crazy acidity. That's going to be like, you're like chewing on like a, a, like a sour patch kit or something. You know, it's like, that's what it is. It's like having a piece of fruit and then putting sour patch kit in your mouth at the same time. Yes. Yeah. So let's move on. Let's move towards like our millennial zen. Yeah. So like so we how just does, talked how the Beaujolais Nouveau is sort of like an in-your-face situation. <laughs> and Beaujolais is a, it's, let's be honest, it's a little more aged. It's a little wiser. It's a little more, oh, what's the word? Seasoned. Balanced. Balanced. There's a little more structure there. Yeah. Right? I actually think that that translates well into the difference between the two generations. And I don't want to say, sorry, that might come off really bad. I don't want to say the millennials themselves are like in your face, like you just find it annoying. As we said, the Nouveau is unique and it's something that, you know, is, I think, palatable. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things that I find, um, especially in the workplace, I, I... I'll start with the positives, actually. Let's do it. Yeah. So I think that uh, the positive things about the millennials are that they they are changing the workforce in in a sense to the better because we're trying to move away from time-oriented work to task-oriented work. So, you know, instead of wasting time on your eight to five job, I know all of you put in your best effort. And it's cute because you just said eight to five and I was like, but it's, yeah. Yeah. But for you, it's. Yes. Yeah. Uh, But your minute to minute, I'm sure all of you put your best effort in from nine to five or whatever your hours may be. But we all know that's not true. But what what happens? Like if you, and this goes to the task oriented, like if you're at work. And let's say you're just sitting around, like you are honest to God waiting for something from somebody and you can't do anything. Yeah. Like, do you just sit and twiddle your thumbs? What if you like legitimately um, have nothing that requires your attention? Do you need to sit there and and just like wait? No. And this is why I think that the millennials are driving the workforce in a sense because it's like, you know what, let's just do our work. And like, they're, they're trying to get away from that desk. They want flexibility. The, the cubicle. In a variety of ways. Yeah. And the cubicle and the desk space needs to go and like their workspace needs to be more equipped for life. So maybe you do need to like go and do your yoga class at 2 PM and then come back and do yeah. what you need to do at four from four to six. But as long as you're getting your work done, what does it matter when your hours are really, you know? And so I think that, that has, I mean, there's obviously in some, um, you can't be unwilling to do the, to work a certain hour. Like, like, no, like if you're in healthcare, for example, like a nurse has to be at the bedside. Right. I mean, like that has to happen. Right. So that's different, but I'm talking more in the corporate environment. Yeah. I mean, why do you have to be there at, you know, from nine to five, if you're getting your work done and, and you know, I, I do feel like that we are burning out faster because people aren't as happy because they're not in cor- that that work life balance. But I also think that that is such a great point, and that work life balance is something that I think it's now becoming more of a challenge to obtain. Um, you know, it's like like for instance, I just got an email from la- on la- oh, God, last night mm-hmm. from my coworker mm-hmm. at eight o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah. I'm sorry. I am not working until eight o'clock on a Friday night. If I'm traveling for work, that might be a different story. But like I, 
I left at 4.30. So I'm fortunate because I have that flexibility. I work typically 8 to 4. Mm-hmm. If there's a call that happens till 5 or till 6 or something, you know that I'll be on. If there's a call that happens at 7 o'clock, which mm-hmm. has happened, 7 a.m., mm-hmm. I'll be on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely there. I know the flexibility needs. But I also don't want my employer to expect me to completely change my entire social and personal life to meet their needs or yeah like at a back and go like i i'm sorry i i know that this particular coworker started work at like seven o'clock yesterday morning she was working for 13 hours yeah and, and, like, and freaking out about things mind you and yeah. i was like it's a friday like please relax like it's gonna be okay like we're right everyone's gonna get through it we're gonna finish all the work like don't worry about it and I personally, I am unwilling to just kind of like throw everything out the door. My whole life, my personal life out the door because I know how important it is to have that balance. And to yeah. have the ability to take a step away from the stresses of work and do something that just relaxes me. Right. And I think the millennials are really bringing something to the table when it comes yeah. to culture, work culture. Yeah. So like, who do you work with? How are your work relationships? Because. Mm-hmm. For them, that makes a big difference, or for us, that makes a big difference in staying at a job, you know? And, like, are you riding around Mm. on some awesome bicycle from office to office? I mean, I don't know. In my mind, (laughs) in my mind, my perfect job, I'm riding around on a bicycle. That's because you like your spin class. I know, but I mean, like, wouldn't that be cool if I was riding around on a bicycle and being like, hey guys, that's. Do you mean like in an office? No, like, yeah. Or just like, like I'm going to location to location. Yeah, either way. I'm going to my. (laughs) And then I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm on my bike. What's up? Let's talk. If you You think about it, like, that movement (laughs) will help you stay awake. Right? I mean, I feel like I mean, whenever I move, like, I get more alert. Like, why can't I, I be on elliptical? Why can't we have a room full of ellipticals and all of us, you know what? A cardio studio. Uh, a cardio meeting studio? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. Medical, I mean, like, insurance <laughs> rates. I was just going to say, think about how much more in shape, like, the all entire workforce will be. might be. And then, in, in turn, our medical costs will go down. I mean, I think I'm onto something here. I think so too. So anyways, okay. So those are some of the positives. Now, some of the, (laughs) those aren't all the positives. What else is there? I think, I mean, so I'm going to go into, I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be very, very tough at this point. Uh And I'm just going to say my piece Mm. because I personally am torn about it. She's almost done with her second glass of wine, people. I, there's like a sample. <laughs> um, so uh, my piece. I have a very tough time with social media personally. Okay. I think that social media has sort of taken over everything. Everyone's life. But guess what? It is the way of the future. We. I don't think. Like I fight it to some extent, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not on Twitter. I don't know what a fucking tweet. Is. Like I know what it is. I know it's 140 characters, and oh my god! Oh, like, did you know? I didn't know that. I know that it's 140 characters. I think so. At least, really? at least that's. Are you I, limited to the amount of words you can put in your tweet? Yes, yes. That's why. This is why I don't have Twitter. Right? I don't have it. That's why people like write something and take a snapshot and then post it, and then they write a little blurb about it in a caption that in their is tweet. So much work. Yep, I know. And the thing is, like, I, to what you said before, like, the Xenial quiz, right? Like, the feedback. It was that you understand modern technology. I do. But you don't feel the need to be validated. No, and I I don't feel like I need it. No. Okay, I mean, I feel like I can live a very good life outside of Facebook and... Yeah. Like, I don't post stuff to... Like, I I personally do not post. post stuff to get likes. However, however... I do think that this younger part of the millennial generation, they grew up with iPhones, iPads, computers at like at their fingertips, literally at any point in time. I think that they are used to having this uh, technology. I think that they understand it better and understand whether they know it or not subconsciously, maybe yeah, what it can do for companies. 
Right. Like I think about leveraging that knowledge and you could, like, I think that because you, listen, if you're a company, you basically have to have an online presence to some extent. Right. And I'm going to tell you, granted, I am not a millennial. I, my background is in marketing. I know. My background (laughs) is in marketing. I am very much an aesthetic person. Much so to the point of people getting like super upset when I start marking their shit up because I think it looks oh, ridiculous. I have a story can't about even, marking listen, shit up. Listen, I go to a restaurant and I see misspellings of common words. I'm like, fuck, I can't eat here anymore. I it was it just happened the other day, and I'm like, I believe oh, you. Salmon is spelled without an L. I believe you. So attention to detail. Attention to detail, people. Because here's the thing: if you spell stuff wrong, now. Don't judge us if we spell anything on DVP wrong because we do have day jobs. Did you, <laughs> did you not wipe down, like, I don't know, the salmonella off the table? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> if you missed one L, oh. then maybe you missed wiping down the salmonella <laughs> off the table. I'm just saying. Attention to detail. Right. Um, but, like... It is a, it's, you should be proud of what you put out there. And I'm sorry, but you can't put stuff out there that looks like shit. It's not user friendly. Like, <laughs> I could go on for like two I hours know. about this. So I'm just going to stop right here. So when you said Mark this, oh my Mark God, up, I have a story. Please tell. Okay. So this is I where I, this, this is where I get into like, love to hate. Yes. Love? Yeah. Yes. Go this ahead. is where I get into some of the um, my troubles <laughs> that I've had in the workforce with millennials. millennials. Okay. So I have a trainee who was under me, obviously. And um, he was preparing a document for mm. a presentation. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to go over this, you know, and... He was sitting in my office and I'm going, I'm looking for my red pen. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, looking for my red pen. And he's like, why? And I'm like, so I can mark what I think you need to change. Yeah. And he's like, oh, don't you know that (laughs) you're not supposed to use red pen anymore because it promotes anxiety. Bullshit. And I wanted to take my red pen and write all over his face with it. Oh my God. I would have. I was like, I'm sorry. I might have thrown that red pen at him. And I'm like, oh, uh, and he's like, I prefer green. He's like, that calms me. And I'm like, that is not my job to calm you. Okay. My job is to make sure that you do something that I can stand behind and that your product is good. And so my, my office mate, who's a few years older than me, this was hilarious. She was overhearing this conversation and she's like. Oh my God, we do not promote a safe zone. We get you ready for the real world. And I just started laughing. And so that's, that's what I mean by, I mean, we cradle some of there these are, people. Oh, totally. And it's like, You're I, coddling everybody. Yeah. And like, everybody wants like, you know, it's like, oh, you participated. Oh, good job. You get a medal. No. And you it's like, a, you know what? No, you know what? He's not that much younger than you me. You have to fucking achieve something. You actually have to work at mm-hmm. what you do. And guess what? They might not be like beautiful, like glorious jobs that you have to do, right? I mean, you got to get your hands fucking dirty. You have to learn what you're doing. You might not like every aspect of your job. And to that, well, to that, first of all, green is, green means good. Like if we're talking about like in the scheme of colors, like green is typically uh, a connotation for like things, doing things right. And I'll give him this. I think he was like partially kidding, you know, Mm. because, but I mean... I was not. That's I was. Points. Yeah, I was. I was like, ah, uh, no, this no. is not. This is not working for me. I'm sorry. So, like in the instance where, to what your coworker said, in the sense that we don't have a safe zone here, like we're training you. Like, I just find that there is a difference now in even our generation, Sarah. Like, I'm I'm considering us the Zennials now right. when we talk about mm-hmm. this, um, and even earlier than that. Versus the millennials, when we talk about jobs, the, nouveau, the, Beaujolais, the Nouveau, Beaujolais Nouveau, those Nouveaus, 
they if they don't like something about their job, I think everyone just tends to jump cater around to a lot no. and cater to them. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like we're all catering to that. But is that is that the way we want to go? I don't I, think I so. think it has to be a balance between moving forward with technology and yeah. and the positive things that they want to bring into the workforce, but also remembering that you need to work hard to yes. get where you need to be. Like it is not going to be life is not easy. No. And, and we are preparing a bunch. It, <laughs> I am not going to use the word that I wanted to use. Okay. So I am just going to pause for a moment. Okay. And, you know. <laughs> I will say this, though. As we were talking about social media. Yes. I remember, I recall this interview that I was watching with Obama. Yeah. The David Letterman yeah, yeah. interview. And he was talking That's about... That's like the Netflix series, right? Yes. Okay. And he was talking about how... In the beginning of the campaign, way back, his first campaign, like they had to hire some like 17 year old kid to like help them navigate, help them navigate Facebook and promote. And that that was a huge thing for them as they moved to the second campaign. It was a completely different story, you know, totally different campaign. The things that changed in four years. Yeah. And, and that it was such an integral part. And then now we have our president, Donald Trump, who is tweeting. Yep. So, like, that is a drastic difference in in a span of less than a decade. Right. You know? I mean, it's uh, honestly, uh, the way that things are fast forwarding. And, you know, even if you look at, like, Star Trek stuff, like, they had cell phone type stuff in, like, Star Trek or... I'm not... I I don't watch Star Trek. I don't know much of Star Trek. Okay, but I'm also... Okay, the reason why I bring this up... (laughs) And now, please don't judge me, but... Oh, are you saying my dad had a car phone? Is that what you're... Oh, no, no, no. My my dad had a car phone. My dad had a car phone, too. No, no. Do you remember Ace Ventura? Yeah. Do you remember Ace Ventura, the first one, where he goes... He's in the pool, and he goes... (laughs) And he, like, whips out, like, a cell phone. Oh. He goes, we're going back in time, blah, blah, blah. Right, so he's like, like, for for gosh sakes, I'm a doctor, not a poor man. (laughs) So there's this whole scene, and it looks like he's like holding like a cell phone, and when he flips it out like that, that's what you did with the flip phone. Yeah, that is actually a scene from Star Trek from decades before these things. Because I asked, I think my dad told me about it or Mm -hmm. something. I mean, I've never. Jamie, you cease to amaze me at every (laughs) point with your knowledge. I'm not gonna lie. It's only because I really like enacting like this whole that whole scene from Ace Ventura. It's amazing. Um, so I could continue, but I won't. Uh, I won't um, subject the listeners our to listeners that. to that. I, I might subject they... you to that later, but not the okay. listeners. I'll take it. So, but again, you know, that was something that was in Star Trek. That's like, dare I say, light years before Ooh. our current uh, situation. But they thought of cell phones, and that was way before cell phones, like, even came to existence in, like, might... thought, like, by, like, the general population. So, like, there's obviously things, even, like, James Bond has things, like, cell phones and car phones and, you know, newfangled watches, like, I have my Apple Watch, right? Like, there's all these things that happen in movies, and guess what? It's One real. person thought about it 50, 60 years ago. It's fucking, it came to fruition. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, like, what has happened and how, like, when you think about it, the span of time that it took to, like, create that stuff. This is why I think, like, you know, we have our Beaujolais, we have our Zennials, we have our Beaujolais Nouveau, we have our Millennials. Everybody needs to, like, we all need to just continue to work together because you can't, we can't get from each other and learn from each other. You can't get away from that, uh, cohesiveness. If you, you can't get away groups. from working hard, but we can't get away from the fact that technology that is moving and advancing. there is nothing we can do about it. I mean, my first cell phone was when I was 16, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like someone that was born in 1998, that that was a different story that cell phones were like available when my, they were much yeah. younger. And so I do think, like you said, we need to learn from each other, mm-hmm. uh, in, in all aspects. And I, I mean, I know that when I have to do something tech, like at work, I'm always asking yeah. someone to help me. And usually that person is younger than me, you know? So I, I think that that is the case, but in the sense that these millennials or whoever comes after yeah. also need to learn, you know, hard work. I mean, it it's gets a, you places. You have and to balance. You can't discount any, any particular generation. I mean, it's, 
it's and an it makes HR you better too, right? It, it makes does. you better. You and have to learn from those who've come before yes. you, and you have to learn from those who are coming after you, because it's it's only going to keep everyone like moving forward together right. and like creating that sense of balance in in the world, in the workplace, and life. You're so insightful and wise. It's the Beaujolais. It's the Beaujolais. Well, it's the Beaujolais in me. It's the Beaujolais. Literally and figuratively. Um, okay. But like yeah. It. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us for episode three of DBP. We're very excited to have shared this moment with you, and we can't wait for you to join us next time. Yes. And please go to our website to see how we rated. Mm. Um, oh, yes. Oh, our DBP wine rating for. Uh, our Georges de Boeuf, Beaujolais, please visit our website. It's www.dbpcheers.com or feel free to email email us at dbpcheers at gmail.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram for all you millennials out there as All well. DBP cheers. Or DBP, <laughs> yeah, DBP cheers. Yep. All right. All well, right. thanks for listening and cheers, guys. Pass cheers. that wine. <laughs>